Hey, hey, what's going on? Show correspondent John Ross Marcus Scott's coming back at you here with the Way Too Much JMC podcast. Hope everybody's had a great week. It's Friday, August 25th, 2023. It is hot as balls outside today. I think when I got into the OSHA heat index app, I mean, it goes like 110 degrees. So, y'all that don't know me, I'm kind of a crazy person. I love, I, this is when I, this is when I like want to work out outside. So I'm going to try to get this show done real fast so I can go for a run or mow the grass or something like that. So for those of y'all who's been following along with me the last couple of weeks, I've obviously been on a little bit of a, little bit of a tangent going after public school systems and uh, just how they're, how they're going about doing things, how they're, I think, strategically lying about the entire situation on what's on what's happening with teacher shortage, bus bus shortage, student performance, school safety, all that. And so I'm going to stay kind of on that train of thought with this show. Um, but it may get a little darker than it, than it, than it has been. I'm not going to paint a rosy picture here for anybody. And I've stumbled upon some, some data and for, in the state of Kentucky, at least, that's even worse than I could have imagined. So just to recap, you know, the last show I did was I was basically talking about how the busing situation here in Jefferson County um, Public Schools, Louisville, Kentucky, was a discipline issue. The busing, bus driver shortage, teacher shortage, all that, it's a, it's a, it's a discipline issue. It's not pay, it's not, it's not whatever, it's not whatever they want to tell you it is. And so last show I talked about a couple a couple surveys that were that were done, and then we I pulled some articles out from Akron, Ohio, and from the Milwaukee Milwaukee Sentinel Journal, um, and then another one from from here, and then I had an email from a bus driver that was kind of a whistleblower here that I'm uh, still trying to get in touch with. Um, so if you're listening here, I mean, check your Facebook messages so we can so we can chat about this. And so, real quick, just as a recap, I've stumbled upon a couple more surveys that are saying what I'm saying, and I want to talk through those with you real quick, and I also want to show you how they are twisting things. All right, so we're going to jump over here to my left monitor screen. Okay, so this is from the RAND Corporation. This article is called Teacher Wellbeing and Intentions to Leave, Findings from the 2023 State of the American Teacher Survey. So the well-being and mental health of kindergarten through grade 12 public school teachers have been a topic of national concern during the coronavirus disease 2019 pandemic. In 2021-2022, teachers were twice as likely to, re to report experiencing frequent job-related stress and difficulty coping with their job stress than the general population of working adults. Recent media reports suggest that many districts and schools across the country are implementing new programs or expanding existing offerings intended to reduce teacher stress and burnout and promote well-being and retention. This data note presents selected findings from, from the 2023 State of the American Teacher Survey related to teacher well-being, availability of mental health and well-being supports, and teachers' intentions to leave their current jobs. The findings in this, in this data note are descriptive and intended to inform federal, state, and local education leaders and policymakers about the state of the teacher workforce. This is meant for legislators across the country to look at. And we're going to expose their either, they're either this flat-out ignorance and stupidity 
or downright malfeasance and uh, manipulation of data in order to skew people's understanding of the issue and to enact laws based on that incorrect understanding. So key findings from this report says teachers reported better well-being in January 2023 than in 21 and 22. The rates of job-related stress have returned to, to pre-pandemic levels. However, teachers continue to report worse well-being than the general population of working adults. 23% of teachers said they were likely to leave their job by the end of 22-23 school year. Of these teachers, those who reported poor well-being were more likely than their counterparts to say that they intended to leave. Stress and disappointment of the job, salary, and number of working hours were the top reasons teachers intended to leave. It's a flat-out lie. Just a bald-faced lie. Among the 77% of teachers who were unlikely to leave their job by the end of the 2022-23 school year, their ability to positively affect students and positive relationships with students were the top reasons they intended to stay. So teachers are wonderful people, but they're just they're leaving they're leaving because they don't make enough money. That's all. They, just, that's the, they are making a push nationwide to get as much damn money as they possibly can get from state legislatures and from the Fed. 25% <clears throat> of teachers reported that their school district or, or their school or district directed them to limit discussions about political and social issues in class. 65% decided on their own to limit such discussions. Okay, so they... Again, they're going to skew this as if it's because they're scared of, re of the repercussions. No, it's because they don't want to f and talk about it. 26% of teachers indicated that they feared for their physical safety at school. Students misbehaving or having verbal altercations and fear of an active shooter were top reasons teachers feared for their safety. So again, they're, flaming, they're inflaming emotions. Active shooter. That's what, that's what they think the number one thing is. Again, we'll go to the survey in a second. Three-quarters of teachers reported access to at least one type of well-being or mental health support in 2023, but only slightly more than half of teachers indicated that these supports were adequate. All right, so here's the research questions. How does teacher well-being compare to previous school year? How likely are teachers to stay in or leave their jobs during the 2022-23 school year? What are teachers' top reasons for either staying or leaving? And how do teachers describe their working conditions and access to mental health? So I gave you all that. Listen, that's a it's just a whole bunch of a crock of bullshit is what I just gave you, okay? So first of all, this survey is 33 pages long. And the devil's always in the details. You got to go through here and read how they are calculating everything and how they do their... Because they're not getting the answers they want, they come up with this thing called a weighted score. So instead of just taking what the teachers explicitly say in their answers, they're weighting it somehow. Okay, so they told you their top reasons for leaving were See which, we'll see where they're at here. Was stress and disappointment of the job, salary, and number of working hours were the top reasons. Let's go fact check this. 
So this is the teacher's top ranked sources of job-related stress by race, ethnicity, gender, and experience. Okay, so let's just do all teachers. Now you'll see, if I need to zoom in on this, just tell me. I, you know what, I'm just going to do it anyway. I'm just going to, for those of y'all that are watching, let's make this real big here. There we go. All right, a little bit smaller. So all teachers, they have it ranked from highest to lowest on the percent of teachers that answered for these answers to be in their top in their top three. For all teachers, the for all teachers the highest most likely answer for reasons that they were going to leave the profession was managing student behavior. Next was supporting my students' academic learning because they have lost instructional time during the COVID-19 pandemic. Notice it's not they're scared to death of COVID. It's that they know that we screwed every kid in this godforsaken country for sh by shutting down schools for two years. That's number two. Number three, administrative work outside of teaching, paperwork, teacher evaluations, yada, yada. Again, all three of these, these are the top three. All three of them are coming from within the Democratic Party, within current leadership of the NEA here in Kentucky, the KEA, the JCTA, the Jefferson County Teacher Association. It's all coming from within the left, from the left-wing ideology. They're making him fill out all this stupid paperwork for the DEI stuff, SEL stuff. All right, like they're the shutdowns and the masking and all that bullshit is the reason they're having they had all that learning loss and then the progressive response to the necessity the necessity to discipline kids and the restorative justice practices that are being enforced in public school systems are directly coming from left-wing ideological ends here in, the, here in Jefferson County, Kentucky, we just don't believe in discipline at all. And we'll get to that here in a little while. So again, this was the, this was the teacher well-being survey. Okay, the next thing that we looked at here was the State of the American Teacher Survey. All right, so this is another one where they were asking the same thing. So what are the top three sources of stress in your job right now? Let's go here and look. So again, they rank them from top to bottom. So managing student behavior was only not in the top three for 55, I think for 55% of the, of the respondents. The second closest one that, was, that wasn't in the top three was supporting my students' mental health and well-being. Eighty-four percent of respondents did not put the intrusion of political issues and opinions and teaching in their top three. And seventy-three percent did not put my salary is too low in their top three. 
Okay, so again, like the higher you go, the higher you go, the less likely it was for you to see that be in their top three. So 86% lack, lacking support from school administrators. Again, that's, a, that's stupid. But they've been brainwashed. Teachers have been brainwashed to think that the administrators in their building, they care about them so much. And they're always there to listen. But again, rhetoric and action don't always line up. All right, so managing student behavior was also the highest first choice of reasons for stress on the job. It was also the highest second choice. It was also the highest third choice. Student behavior. So again, this is like ranked choice voting. More people. So student behavior, and in fact, these kids is acting like damn crazy people and facing no repercussions was not only wrote, written down as the top area of concern for teachers, it was also the second top area of concern and third top area of concern. So from a ranked, from a ranked choice standpoint, this is a slam dunk. I mean, this is like I mean, managing student behavior is choke slamming sons of bitches in like wrestling right now. With, with, I mean, that, that's, the, that's the equivalent of this. So they're, I, I don't know how they're getting from these two studies that they cite that, it's, that this one wasn't one of the top three reasons. Oh, wait, yes, I do. It's because they're liars. They are outright liars. I don't give a damn how you twist it and turn it. The people in the upper echelons of the establishment, of, of the educational establishment, just like the medical establishment, big pharma, big hospital, big medical associations, they are compromised and they are lying to your face. So now the question is, are you, are you like too big of a dumbass to see it when it's right in front of your face and stop listening to them and stop giving them the benefit of the doubt? Stop it. Discipline is why everybody's leaving. Okay, now let's go look at some, some real data as far as the, number, the numbers surrounding the discipline situation. All right. So this is Jefferson County, Kentucky. We're looking at the school report card. This is KentuckySchoolReportCard.com. So in the state of Kentucky, KRS 1, I think it's 1, let me find it. KRS 158.150, dealing with suspension or expulsion of students, placement into alternative program options. Each local board of education shall adopt a policy requiring the expulsion from school for a period of at least 12 months for a student who is determined by the board through clear and convincing evidence to have made threats that pose a danger to the well-being of students, faculty, or staff of the district, or 
is determined by the board to have brought a weapon to, to a school under its jurisdiction. In determining whether a student has brought a weapon to school, a local board of education shall use the definition of unlawful possession of a weapon on school property. Now, how do we define a weapon in this case? A weapon is anything involving distribution, possession, and or use of guns or other deadly weapons. So, knives, machetes, switchblades. We're not talking pocket knives here. We're literally, well, what we're doing is we're, we're literally talking about the things that liberal school boards cannot even figure out a way to justify as not a deadly weapon because they don't want to classify it that way. Actually, no, this is kind of what's conundrums they're in. They do want to classify them that way because they want gun, gun control. But then they, don't, they also don't want to have to discipline anybody. And so basically they've hid this data online and hoped no one would find it. Okay, so now, the board may modify the expulsion requirement and length for students on a case-by-case -case basis, except the length of expulsion shall be at least 12 months for a violation set forth in subsection 2A of this section. Subsection 2A says, each local school board shall adopt a policy requiring the expulsion from school for a period of at least 12 months for a student who it's determined by the board to have brought a weapon to school under jurisdiction. In determining whether a student has brought a weapon to school, a local board of education shall use the definition of unlawful possession of a weapon on school property. Everybody follow me here. I'm hoping. Okay. So in Jefferson County, Louisville, Kentucky, there's around 96,000 students. That's how many students we have. Okay. For those of you all that are watching, we're looking at behavior events by type for last year. Total events, there were 69,490 total behavioral events in Jefferson County, Kentucky, or Jefferson County Public Schools. 23 were assault in the first degree. 1,504 were some other kind of assault or violence. 617 were weapons. Now, that's total events. The scary thing is a whole bunch of those weren't committed by students. What the hell that means, I, I don't know. But 16,219 students had, some, had, had a write-up for some kind of dis disciplinary event. So assault, weapons, harassment, bullying, drugs, alcohol, tobacco, Yada, yada. All right? 592 of those 617 were from, were from were students. Again, weapons are defined as behavior events involving distribution, possession, and or use of guns or other deadly weapons. Distribution, possession, or use of guns or other deadly weapons. So to put this into perspective for you, 
deadly weapons were involved in almost 1% of all the disciplinary events that occurred in Jefferson County Public Schools last year. Now, again, this could be anything from talking back to a teacher and calling them an asshole to shooting up a school to beating somebody's ass so bad that they had to, you know, be taken to the ER and face assault charges to sexual assault. So it's a, we're talking a wide range of things. So again, for one out of every 100 events, whenever all 100 of them could be you cussing a teacher out and you verbally, verbally assaulting them, one of them was a deadly weapon in school, on school property, or at a school sanctioned event, or on school, or on school transportation. One of every hundred. That is, that is effing crazy. The second highest district, it amounted to 0.09% of their disciplinary events, but their total number was 14. Jefferson County's was 592. Now, I just read to you the, the law saying they, if you have a damn deadly weapon on premises, no matter what, no matter how liberal this damn board is, whatever, you have to suspend that son of a gun for 12 months. They've got to be expelled 12 months. Guess how many expulsions there were last year in Jefferson County? If your answer was zero, you would be correct. Zero. The law says if it's a deadly weapon, an expulsion of at least 12 months is mandatory. There were zero expulsions here last year in Jefferson County. There was also zero out of 14 in Fayette County. Now, how do they get away with this? Well, nobody calls them on their shit. I'm sitting there streaming on a podcast. I mean, that's, but as far as everybody gives them the benefit of the doubt and thinks they care. They, these are just, some of these people are the same people that were thinking I was going overboard by acting like them putting kids in masks was the, was so ridiculous. But here's the deal. My ass is consistent. I just don't want kids being harmed. And I realized that if, a little thing doesn't matter, then nothing matters. There's a consistent theme here among, in public schools, and we're seeing it across the country. They didn't care about masks on their kids because they don't give a shit about your kids. They care about the money. They're not expelling kids that are bringing weapons to school because they don't give a shit. They care about money. They're not telling you when, you're, when your child is having a mental issue and, th- and a little boy's thinking they're a little girl. They're not telling you about that because they don't give a, you know what? They just want the money. They want the mental, they just want to bring some mental health people up in there, pay them a third of what they would make out in the, out in the normal market because at least in here, at least in the school, they're not having to actually be a psychiatrist. They can be a mental health, mental health educational coach therapist gets like a one extra class in their educational training. These people are evil, dude. 
Now, I'm gonna further break it down eventually as I, you know, as we go along here in, in other shows on where this stuff's happening. We got some more uh, open records requests and stuff like that going out. But let's just, let's just dive into this specific thing a couple more times. Just I want because I want to show you just how scary this situation is. I mean, you are sending your children into war zones. War zones. They're not expelling anybody, right? If you have one write up, one behavior write up in JCPS, the chances are that same kid has four point two eight. Write-ups. Maybe the first two just saying, hey, you're, you're cussing, out the, cussing out the teacher or whatever. Maybe the third one, they're bringing a little booger sugar in the, in the, in the school. Ah, but we can't, you know, we don't want to be mean to them. That don't want to be mean to a minority, you know what I mean? Or, oh, that guy, he's, he's poor. His mom and daddy ain't home. You know, he's a poor white trashy boy. He lives in a trailer. We don't, we don't, we don't pick on him. But then that fourth one is, they are bringing weapons into the school. They're sexually assaulting your daughter. Like in out in Virginia. Like the, like, the, like the story I did out in Oklahoma where the even the police put in there that it was a, a girl beat two other girls' asses in the bathroom when it was really a boy beating two girls' asses in the bathroom. But they were just trying to be PC and politically correct about it all. Now if we dive in more here, here's the deal. For the first, for all the assault stuff that's going on in Jefferson County, I'm going to come back where you can see my whole face here. I know y'all uh, miss can see me here. So from, an, from for all the assaults that are taking place in schools, that we're talking about, it's a male problem. It's dudes. And that doesn't surprise me. We're aggressive as hell. You know what I mean? Like you're pinning, you're pinning us up in a room all day, telling us to sit down and shut up. Of course, our, we're trying to be, you're taking football away from these kids, sports away from these kids. Like every time you turn around, so of course they're, they're trying to whoop each other's ass. From a weapon standpoint, though, there's some interesting little factoids here. So white, white kids were responsible for like 24%. Uh, of the weapons-related events, they're 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 right at thirty-seven percent of the student population. Black uh, black kids were responsible for sixty-two percent of the weapons-related events, and they're about thirty-seven percent of the population as well. And then Hispanics were ten percent, even though they are only represented like five percent of the population. <clears throat> and then it was six point three percent of mixed kids that were responsible for weapon weapons-related events. So just the you know, so just try to be intellectually honest here. I'm going to keep that separate from the African-American column on there. Um, but the, that's, you know, to me, that's not, it's not, you know, it's not very surprising. I mean, we know that, like, we're, like, we're the gangs and stuff like that take hold is all in the inner cities, you know. And so, like, I actually don't even, I don't fault the little black boys for this, for these, for this stuff. I mean, I fault, I'm faulting. The, the sissy, like, weak-minded, beta male, white liberals 
white liberal males that are perpetuating this stuff and thinking that discipline is, they don't want to be mean. They don't want to be mean to the kids, right? But here's, here's, the, here's, the, here's the, the thing that's to me is the saddest. Okay, so let me make sure I'm right on what, what I'm about to say here. Yeah, so there is, it's about 40, about 52% male in, JC, in JCPS, and it's about, so 52% male, 48% female. All right. Out of the weapons-related events, you'd think it was 100, damn near 100% males committing these. You'd be surprised to know that 57% of the weapons-related events are males. 43% are females. Now, why do we think that is? Now, there, we don't have any definitive proof on this, but I'm going to, I'm going to give you my, my hypothesis. If you were a young woman, young, young girl, teenage girl, and you, you knew you were going to be on a bus for two hours both ways, both directions, to and from school, around unruly young men that were going to face no repercussions for their actions. Okay, a couple, few years ago, there was a, like, a story, and I actually knew the driver of the bus, that they caught a girl giving a young, a young male oral sex on a, on a bus. Now, some people say, might say, wow, she's some fast-ass girl, so you know, she's probably some slut. Or she was, or she was peer pressured into doing this in front of it, in front of everyone on that bus, and she was going to be stuck on there for two hours. So what was she supposed to do? Well, if I was a little young girl, one thing I'd be doing is I'd be packing, just like I do every time I travel. Anytime I'm going somewhere that's foreign to me, if I'm driving several states over, or going to a neighborhood that I don't know anything about, or going somewhere where there's going to be a lot of people with a lot of vehicles, a lot of places for people to dink and duck in and out, in, in and out of uh, parking. Packing heat. I got my 380 on my on my on my belt or my nine, one of them two. At a minimum, I'm packing some. I'm packing a big ass knife with me. Something that wouldn't be a pocket knife. Something would be labeled, "Hey, it's a deadly weapon." I'm about to. It's going in and out. It's going in one end and out the other. So, with that in mind. We had somebody that got shot at a bus stop last year. A kid that played in the, in the same football league that I coach in got shot at this bus stop one morning. If you're going into a war zone, you don't take a water gun to a gunfight. They're protecting themselves. To me, that's the saddest thing. I, I, I think it was the saddest thing out of all the data that I've reviewed here. That on a per, per capita basis, little girls were bringing deadly weapons to school at the same rate as little boys when we know that's not their nature. 
Now, how does this, how does all this relate to the bigger picture? Well, for me, it tells me that the institutions and the people in this world that think they're the most progressive, the most not racist, the most all this stuff, are absolutely the most immoral individuals on planet Earth. All in the name of diversity, equity, inclusion. All in the name of fairness. All in the name of whatever the hell, whatever the next buzzword is for the left, for the Democrats, Democratic Party. We are failing to give young boys any type of framework, rule book, guidelines, stewardship. We're giving them nothing. We are saying, figure it out on your own. And because we want to feel better about ourselves, just since you're a little black boy and I'm white, um, you know, I don't feel I don't feel like I have the right to help you know to help guide you along the way and put you on the right path. That's not what they're saying, but it's the end result of what they're doing. And for me, that's all I care about. There's all these dichotomies in life. This one equals freedom. You know, people think that, like, having a rigorous routine every day where you do the same thing, wake up, make your bed, brush your teeth, eat the same breakfast every day, yada, yada. Some people think, well, that sounds awful. Well, there's a reason the most successful people on the planet are those type of people. Because when the mundane things in your life are just automatic, it it gives you, you're able to free your mind and actually accomplish great things. So make no doubt about it. It is our school system. It's our public school system that is ruining the fabric of this nation. For little for young black men, young black boys, it happens almost at the inception of their life. The people that say they care about them the most turn their back on them from the jump. I mean, that's, that is systemic racism. The schools, the people that are supposed to be the authority figures in these kids' lives are leading them out to pasture to be slaughtered. They end up in gangs. Because guess what? All of us boys, we all want brotherhood, right? We want to know what's our mission, who's in charge, and who's with me. Gangs do the gangs tell boys those three things from the jump. It's the reason they're so they're so prevalent in across the world in poor areas. So for little black boys, they almost never have a chance. Even if they go to school, even if they go to school. 
and they don't get in trouble, they're still told, sit down, shut up, be quiet. If you don't want to read, if you can't be quiet and read that book, you're a terrible, it's because you're a bad person. You're never going to be successful. Everything in the school system is set up for, the, for young boys to fail. Now, for little white kids, listen. It's, it lays out for us a little bit more. Because there's not all the other societal failures and, like, systemic issues. Yeah, I mean, listen, I'm a conservative. There are systemic issues. There are. It's, it's, just, it's just true. And even though they are still there for little white boys, tell about all time about the lot of stuff that I went through growing up, and I'm here in spite of them, not because of them. They didn't make me stronger. God just intervened and got me here. But for white boys, it tends to come in after high school, after football's over, and now you're supposed to go to college and succeed into a, in a capitalistic world that is exceedingly ran by women, academia, and demonizing things that, bo that boys would end up having as professions, skilled trades, you know, that kind of stuff. They're seen as less than if you do those things. And then you end up 35, 40 years old and you realize your life has no meaning and you've chased the dollar your whole life and now your kids don't know who you are. You don't know, you don't really know what you're about as an individual. And that's when society forgets about white boys. Is in that middle age, middle age range. Now, the black the black kids that make it, okay, we're all we're all males, and we all have these same primal desires. Okay, I don't think like, I don't think race determines all as far as like those type biological things. We're talking about I'm talking about systemic issues, things that are race related that are imposed from 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 outside. They go through a second ringer at the same time frame I'm talking about. We see a lot of white guys filing bankruptcy, getting divorces, having affairs, that kind of thing. Middle-aged black men go through another ringer that's called the prison system. And if you look at the spikes from black males at age 30, 35, and 40, it's those same time frames as when white dudes tend to go through this stuff, tends them into depression. And they end up on drugs, alcohol, and committing suicide. So, for whatever reason, that same 30, 35, 40, the black dudes end up in prison, the white guys end up in the ground or putting oxygen up their nose and killing themselves. So I have an article I'm going to talk about, not in this, not in this show. So I'm going to try to cut it. I'm going to try to 
cut it short here. But really what I'm talking about is, is it, is it a massive failure by the system that told us 40 years ago that, hey, just turn your kids over to us 10 hours a day, and we're going to take care of them, and we're going to lead them to the promised land. It's failed. The, the uh, experiment is over. They're not educating boys. They're not raising up strong boys. They have no idea because it's mostly women in the teacher profession. They have no idea what's going through a boy's head, how to, re how to respond to that. And then anything that is the right answer, a lot of times it seems like it, sh like it wouldn't be. And you're seeing in a subtle knit. Let's take football, for example. Karen Jeffs County, every time they get a chance, they cancel football practices. Just across the board. Oh, it's hot. Cancel it. Oh, raining too much. Cancel it. Oh, we don't want the little kids playing on our high school kid, on our high school fields because it rained a little bit. Cancel it. Boys from the hood and boys, little, you know, white trash boys that live down in Portland, their lives don't freeze when you do that. My life didn't freeze when that stuff like that happened. When, we, when they shut down sports a couple years ago, Little boys didn't stop having a desire to be aggressive and need somewhere to channel their violence. No, they just ended up back in the hood, back in, back in the trailer park, in a gang, doing drugs, selling drugs, getting into fights. But because football is this violent thing, concussions, oh, my gosh, CTE, oh, my gosh, we need a little heart pump thing in there, whatever. It's like... Okay, y'all are talking about the exceptions. I'm talking about the rules. The vast majority of boys need those kinds of outlets, regardless of their grades. I don't care if they're failing out. They need football. They need a constructive way to get that out of their system. Okay, they need a coach that's getting up in their ass yelling at them, demanding excellence making them run, giving them discipline, giving them structure. They need teammates on the football team to give them a brotherhood, a camaraderie, a sense of belonging, a, a, like a collective mission. They need those values. But our society is hell-bent on destroying football in this country. Instead, they want kids playing flag football or they cancel practice. And But you know, we'll still have the games. I don't care about the damn games. I'm talking about practice. That's what I'm talking about. It's all that matters. The games don't matter for 99% of the kids that, aren't, that ain't going pro or to, or, to the, or to college to play. It's the game that matters. It's the being around their, like, their gang the G-A-N-G gang. Okay, they, they're demonizing church and faith. We allowed it to happen 20 years ago with Muslims because of 9-11. Now we're doing it. The last 10 years has been assault on Christianity. Okay, the Catholic Church and their scandal didn't help, didn't help none. All right, and we haven't, the Christian Church didn't help their, themselves 
by sissifying it and worried about growing membership instead of continuing to worry about quality membership. But anything that, that is old school traditional values, a man's supposed to be a spiritual, spiritual leader. A man's supposed to make a living. A man's supposed to prote- protect his house. Anything with those values, man, they are going after it. And what we're left with is weak-ass men, weak men, creating hard times for everybody. And then a lot of strong men with absolutely limitless potential. Had they been sent down the right path, are either ending up in prison or dead. Just like it seems like African-American dudes, their choice of drugs, weed, and the choice of the white man is to pop them oxies. For the most part, it's black dudes end up in prison and it's white dudes that end up in the ground. To demonize our music, they're mad at Oliver Anthony Cat. Think about what they just did to Jason Aldean. They don't, they don't promote rap they see as harsh because it's got bad language and stuff. Kevin Gates, Lil Boozy, Tupac back in the day, NWA back in the day. The rap, the rap that was telling the truth, yes. Was it harsh rhetoric and language? Yes, but that, that, that's our lives, man. They weren't promoting that. They're promoting the stupid shit that's talking about like shake your butt and Nicki Minaj and all that. Anything masculine. It, there's an assault on it. And it starts in schools and they're failing every little boy in the United States of America, in the state of Kentucky, and for damn sure here in Jefferson County, Kentucky. I'll leave it at that until I come back at you with my next segment where I'm going to dig more into this masculinity crisis I'm talking about. Hope everybody had a great day. I had a great day today. Hope you enjoyed the show. Thanks a lot for listening.